Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. You're very welcome to the Big Red Bench this Saturday. Coming up, we have reaction to last night's Cork Derby. City getting the win away to Cove. We have two pairs of tickets to give away for the Aer Lingus College Football Classic in Dublin. We also speak to two of the cheerleaders ahead of that. We talk F1, GA, and rugby. And we have Cork professional snooker player Aaron Hill along to talk about the World Championship and his upcoming exhibition in Cork. At the moment, Dublin leading Wexford 13 points to 10. Kilkenny leading Leash 16. 16 points to 6. All of that coming up before 7. Aidan Leahy here with you until 7 on Cork's Red FM on the big red bench. As I said, we have two tickets for the Aer Lingus College Football Classic on August 27th. The Northwestern University Wildcats will take on the University of Nebraska Cornhuskers. Uh, it's the first time that either team has travelled to play in Ireland. Uh, tickets for the match go on sale this Friday the 29th at 10am, I believe. But forget that, you can get them from us and all you need to do to win them is to text or WhatsApp us with your name and address to 0868104106 and answer this question. Who won the Super Bowl in February? Who are the Super Bowl champions of this year? 0868104106. Name and address to be in with a chance uh, to win those two tickets to uh, the Viva Stadium for the College Football Classic and uh, yeah by all accounts that is going to be an absolutely fantastic occasion we'll hear from two of the cheerleaders later on in the show Uh, they're in Ireland at the moment promoting the event and I caught up with them earlier on today so uh, we'll hear from them Uh, it's an interesting one certainly different to the first time I've ever interviewed two cheerleaders from America and I'll tell you that much Uh, but yeah we'll hear from that later on but as I said get in those answers to the question 0868-104-106 to win those tickets into today's action and plenty of it as I said uh, Dublin 14 points Wexford 11 um, at Wexford Park and uh, Kilkenny uh, giving Leash a bit of a hammering 116 to 6 points at Nolan Park that's in the first half uh, so it could be a long night for Leash ahead in Kilkenny and uh, we'll keep an eye on those as we go along and of course at 7 o'clock this evening the big one Limerick versus Waterford and that will have a huge bearing on, on what happens in the Munster Championship obviously two favourites uh, to get into the Munster final and a, a win for either of them would pretty much uh, sew that up you would imagine uh, particularly for Limerick having beaten Cork uh, last week unfortunately but uh, we'll Back to, we'll get back to the GA a little bit later on. Uh, let's go into today's Premier League action. Um, and City strolled to a 5-1 win over Watford in the Premier League. Um, Gabriel Jesus scored four. Jesus, I should say, scored four uh, as they strolled to victory. Uh, City boss Pep Guardiola says he's not getting overexcited about their chances of retaining the title. We won a Brighton, but we were two points behind. Now we are four up front. So Brighton gave us this. It was a final and gave us opportunity to play the final today. And at this final today, we won it. We gave us opportunity to play the final against Leeds. So nothing changed for that. So we have to win all five games to be champion. Yeah, elsewhere, Leicester City and Aston Villa played out a nil-all draw. Um, Shane Pennington was there. 
Leicester nil, Aston Villa nil to share the spoils then here after a poor game in which neither did enough to win. Clear-cut chances were at a premium with James Madison and Kane and Dewsbury Hall missing the target from range for the hosts. Whilst at the other end, Leon Bailey blazed over and Ollie Watkins was denied by Casper Schmeichel. It's more drop points for Leicester in what's been a frustrating week for Brendan Rodgers' side, whilst the point for Villa at least stops a four-game losing streak. Leicester nil, Aston Villa nil. Bottom side, Norwich lost 3-0 at home to Newcastle. Newcastle are on great form in fairness to them. Guy Swindles reports. Norwich nil, Newcastle 3 and surely Norwich's hopes of staying in the Premier League have finally been dashed. They had two wonderful chances to take the lead. Both fell to Kieran Dow. Both times he managed to blaze over the bar. Joe Linton then showed him how to finish. Two fabulous uh, finishes, particularly the first one. Checking his stride, right-footed, top corner, fine finish and then he finished off another move involving Canary's old boy Jacob Murphy and uh left foot into the net 2-0 at half time there was time for a terrible mistake for Tim Krull to give Guimaris a third and after that Newcastle were just in complete control Norwich never recovered from those goals Norwich nil, Newcastle 3 Arsenal are up to fourth in the Premier League they beat Manchester United 3-1 earlier and now look all biases aside it was a shocking performance by the referee you have to say I still can't understand some of the uh, some of the uh, decisions he he gave, but um, Mikel, Arte- Mikel Arteta uh, said there was a roller coaster feel about the first half. Yeah, uh, that continued after the break. We weren't starting good. We had some problems to occupy certain spaces that they are really good at, and they have so much quality to exploit them. And then when they miss the penalty and we make the change in shape, and then we score the goal. That's when I think the game got um, again where we wanted. Yeah, Arteta got a nice phone notification there as well during that. Uh, Manchester United's Champions League qualification hopes are are probably over now after that. Uh, they're six points adrift to fourth place. Um, and I think Arsenal have a game in hand, although it is against Chelsea. Although, or no, sorry, they 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 played that game during the week one four two. Of course, uh, Chelsea on a bit of a downturn at the moment. Um, but yeah, United now. Uh, look, they had a chance to make it 2-all Bruno Fernandes uh, missed the penalty at the post uh, Why Bruno Fernandes has taken the penalty anyway When Ronaldo was on the pitch The last time he did that was against Aston Villa at Old Trafford And he sent the ball into orbit uh, But inter manager Ralph Rannick Ralph Rannick, is, now that Eric Ten Hag has been announced he's, he's, uh, he's throwing caution to the wind He's really not held back in anything he said over the last couple of weeks um, but yeah, he he said he was speaking about the officials today. He said they weren't helped, and he he, they, he was quite disappointed. Three, if not four, more than questionable VAR decisions after having seen those uh, those uh, video footage uh, in the locker room. But again, in the end, it's about the results, and the result was disappointing. Tottenham can move back into the last Champions League spot if they win against Brentford. Uh, it's nil all. Uh, after 34 minutes there that will not be an easy one of course the London derby as well uh, Brentford in West London and uh, Tottenham in North London but um, nil all so far at the Brentford Community Stadium there's one game in the Premier Division of the SSE Tristy League this evening Drogheda United go to Sligo Rovers that's 7.45 in the First Division it's Treaty United versus Longford Town at 7.30 uh, looking to Scotland Rangers are back within three Three points of the Scottish Premiership leader Celtic. They won 3-1 at Motherwell with 10 men. Uh, their old farm rivals can extend their advantage again in tomorrow's away game with Ross County. 
Um, elsewhere, Hibs beat St. Mirren 1-0 in their first match since sacking manager Sean Maloney. In the Championship, Peterborough have been relegated after losing 1-0 to promotion contenders Nottingham Forest. Forest are flying. Uh, they'll join Barnsley, who went down last night, and Derby, uh, who were beaten 3-1 by Bristol City this afternoon. Um, they'll all be in League One next season. Uh, Derby, of course, uh, the fairy tale finally came to an end. Wayne Rooney did his best to keep that club up. Um, he did quite a good job considering he couldn't spend anything or bring in players. He's mostly lost players uh, since the year started. Um, a valiant effort, in fairness. Uh, you have to feel sorry for the fans because and, and the players because it's none of their faults, really. Ran into the ground was that club. Um, at the top end, second place Bournemouth scored with almost the final kick of the game to draw one all with Fulham. Uh, and make the Londoners wait for the title. The Fulham would have won won the title if if, if they held out there. Sheffield United won one 0 against Cardiff to boost their playoff hopes. While fifth place Luton drew one all with Blackpool. Millwall's two all draw with Birmingham leaves them three points adrift of the top six. Uh, elsewhere, Middlesbrough were held one all by Swansea. Hull eased past Reading three 0 Stoke edged QPR one 0 and it was goalless between West Brom and Coventry. Uh, now on to last night's. Big Cork Derby, uh, 3-2 it finished. Cork City, the victors for the first time since 1989, away to Cove. Uh, an excellent game and uh, we're going to hear from both managers now from the El Clásico, as Rory has has named it and it's catching on in to The hashtag was, was around last night. Uh, we're going to hear from City boss Colin Healy first on their win. Colin, um, good win in the end, got out with the three points, that's the main thing. Yeah, it is. It was um, an exciting game. Um, massive three points again for us. As I said, listen, it could it could have went either way. Um, as it is, probably we showed great character there to come back. We were two all and King Combe to get a goal. But um, yeah, massive three points and we're delighted with it. Uh, obviously, you were probably a bit disappointed that you gave away the two goal lead. But as you said, good character to get back in it again. Then yeah, no, it was. It was. I thought the goal, first goal was sloppy from us. You know. Um, Defensively, we've been good all season, and we were sloppy on, on the set play. The the second goal, obviously, is a mistake by uh, by David. But um, listen, he learned from that, you know. But we showed good character. We kept going. Um, we defended well, and we got a good goal by King Coleman. And again, we defended deep, and they had one or two chances, but we uh, we managed to see it through. And, and it's, as you said, it's a, it's a, it's another it's another great three points. And this this is this is a difficult place to come. It always has been, and we knew that coming down, and the players knew that as well. So I said, listen, it's massive. To come over here with three points we were saying it during the week like it wouldn't be easy and it wasn't easy I mean Cove always raised their game for, for it's a big derby feel about it wasn't it yeah, no it is and listen they're, um, they're a good side and um, um, and, and it showed there tonight and listen they, they could have they had a few chances there towards the end but as I said the lads defended very very well and um, it is it's, it's a tough place to come yeah, it always is and, and, and um, we found it difficult tonight and, um, and as you can see some strike for Matt Healy again he's making a habit of that this week isn't he oh, Matt he has that he has that it's a great strike um, technique and you know he's, listen, he's, uh, he's good into the net but it's, um, it's, it's, it's a great goal great goal and um, yeah that doesn't surprise me he does that in training so it's, um, it's, um, it's, it's always a good thing uh, crowd was fantastic tonight. I mean, both sets of fans creating a great atmosphere. It was it was brilliant, wasn't it? I mean, four thousand people down here is brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And the fans, the, listen, the players love it, and obviously, now uh, it's good. It's good down here, and it's, it's a good atmosphere. And it's um, it was, and I think it was an exciting game for everybody to to watch. 
It'll been a, a busy week for you. Obviously, the Waterford game on Monday at Bray last Friday, as well as three games in the space of a week. Are you happy with it overall? I mean, he, he, he fought hard in Waterford, fought hard tonight again, and got the, the six points across the week, I suppose. Yeah, we did, Jan. You know, I just thought maybe, maybe I think we dropped some points in, 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 against Bray. I thought we were probably first half we were a bit we were a bit sloppy. Um, second half we were better. But um, listen, it was a massive win down down in Waterford, and it's a massive win here tonight. And you know, we get boys will come in, and as I said, they'll, they'll get ready. Now it's a big game, very neat against Longford. That is a big game. Really, isn't it? Because Longford are right up there. They're they're going to be pushing all the way by the looks of it. Every game's big now, so it's um, it's so it's um, yeah. And listen, it's um, they're going very very well at the moment. So um, as I said, listen, hopefully we'll get in their big crowd and the crowd will get behind the, the players again, and we can put on a good performance from. Yeah, Colin Healy there speaking on his side's uh, 3-2 win last night. There's a penalty for Wexford at Wexford Park and they need this. It's 20 points to 14 to Dublin, 52 minutes gone. Mark Fanning has come up from his goals to take it. Uh, I think he scored about 4 or 5 points so far in the game and is there going to be a bit of a delay? Uh, we'll stay with this. Let's see what happens. This could be big. Uh, Dublin and Wexford um, are really going to be challenging each other for that spot and it's a great save from the Dublin goalkeeper and that is a massive missed opportunity by Wexford it remains 20 points to 14 at Wexford Park it was actually a really good penalty good save uh, Darren Murphy also spoke after the game last night Alright Darren uh, obviously disappointing from your perspective a cracker of a game you got back into it but lost it in the end yeah, look, it disappoints obviously with the, the loss, but not with the performance. I think, uh, you know, each each and every player who went on that pitch tonight was outstanding and, uh, you know, we're, we're immensely proud of them. Um, and we say that all the time to them is believe in their ability, you know, and uh, it, it kind of took a, a good derby game and a, a lot of fans here tonight to, you know, to really see some quality moments from us. Um, no, City are a strong side, you know, there's like, you know, they, they are doing really well this season. So to put it up to them and score two goals against them, you know, um, we've got to uh, really be proud of that and kind of take take it on board now going forward like you know yeah, sort of a lot of character from your team I suppose to come back from 2-0 down I mean City 2-0 up they looked like they were cruising at the time and you got right back in it yeah I think look if, if you come to all the games down here there's a lot of character like you know they they, they, they never give up like they, they con- continuously fight you know to the end win, lose or draw like they're they're constantly running they're constantly pressing you know they're organising and again look the results haven't gone away yeah but like we've created chances at times you know and uh, in games and you know that's, that's not just tonight it's been every game and even the last game against Antlone you know we were very good as well um, you know we, we're an honest team and uh, and I think a lot of lads are honest and you can see that out there and you know once once they give everything you know and, and that's all we ask them and that's all you can ask of your players you know you're battling towards the end even there I mean it could have got the equaliser yeah look again you know that's football isn't it you, but there's some great bit of skill there you know kind of joining you know takes it over player you know uh, score uh, or, or puts it across the box with a volley and then you know on, on the seconds and even one cleared off the line then later on yeah look again we, we, we had moments and uh, you know I, I thought a lot of our combination play was really good going forward you know but um, aggressively but again you're like the City were is a good side you know like and, and and it's a great challenge for our guys to see you know what what they could you know progress to like or you know like a, obviously you're playing against a full time team but um, you know over 90 minutes I think we were, we, were, we were really good and it just gives the lads confidence you know and belief in themselves because we tell them all the time and hopefully they can you know go out and give that performance every week because if we if we start performing like that you know um, I think our, our results will turn you know 
pretty much 4,000 people here tonight I mean it's a, it's a huge crowd at Conus Park and a great atmosphere from both sets of fans and a cracker of a derby game brilliant to have such a, a big crowd here isn't it? It's a great it's, yeah it's, it's great to have a great crowd and we've had good crowds this season this is probably obviously being the biggest you know being a derby it's going to draw that like you know but uh, no I really enjoyed it I really enjoyed the atmosphere they created a great atmosphere I think there was one moment where some they were trying to create a, a boxing match at the side but uh, look they did they, warm up for Fury tomorrow yeah that's it yeah 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 there was, there was, there was one swing and it got cancelled so look at least he yeah uh, he, uh, he left it at that I start cheers no Rory joins me on the line after the El Clásico Cork last night and it was uh, a great game 3-2 to Cork City and uh, like we were saying yesterday Cork City's first win in Cove since 1989 Yeah uh, like it's again it certainly lives up to the El Clásico Cork billing it has to be said it was a great game of football a great occasion great atmosphere great crowd and on top of it all it was just a, a very good game of football Um like City um, didn't play um, particularly well but still got the win which is a good sign for them as they look to be crowned first division champions Cove Ramblers deserve tremendous credit for going two goals down in a half an hour and coming back to level at two all um, and second half they, they, they more than matched Cork City it was a very good night and uh, yeah I think both managers uh, um, took a lot of positives from the game to, to be honest about it Just watch the second goal there what a cracker that was Matt Healy is having his own goal of the season competition he got a cracker against Waterford on Monday and last night's goal was even better the way the ball just dropped to him and you're just screaming at him shoot and he curls it so delicately into the bottom corner and just it was absolutely glorious keeper had absolutely no chance of getting onto it. It was a magnificent goal, um, certainly worthy of the occasion. Um, he, just the way he picked it out and Andy O'Donoghue diving to his left, he just couldn't get at it. He has been um, a fantastic player for City recently. He's um, normally gets on the ball, he's given a bit of space, he's well capable of unlocking a defence. He's played some fantastic crossfield diagonals last night pinpoint stuff you can see this guy is pure quality and he worked very hard last night as well and just the way he moves the ball is fantastic and now he's got into a knack of popping up into that danger zone if you will um, for second balls to, to drop to him and, and to stick them away from distance it's a fantastic attribute he has but like last night's goal it's just like all you could do was applaud it I mean like there was Cove Ramblers fans around me who were applauding the strike it was just one of those goals and I've been watching it again and again and again and again today and it's just oh, <laughs> magnificent and I suppose then like Ramblers do very well to get back to two all yeah they certainly do um, like they went two up after that Matt Healy goal uh, Rory Keating scored a great goal before that um, a fantastic ball across from Healy uh, uh, just in between the keeper and the back four across the six yard box nobody knew what to do with it and Rory Keating's there and he slots home it's a fantastic ball from Healy it's a good goal um, but then Ben O'Brien Whitmarsh uh, former Cork City player of course um, to equalise in just a couple of minutes or not equalise pull his one back um, just a couple of minutes after Healy um, scores and you're thinking right game on here now because not too early you think City will coast and they'll suffocate teams like they do just retain possession and make it very very hard but that goal gave Ramblers a lot of belief the roar around the crowd when that went in was fantastic and then second half kicks off and Ramblers starts um, like a train they were brilliant and then their second goal uh, comes when um, Kevin O'Connor plays a back pass to David Harrington. Um, under pressure was um, O'Connor uh, probably not the best option to go 
back to Harrington um, especially when you're asking a lot of your keeper like the pitches in, in St. Gomez Park it's quite bobbly it's quite dry there's a couple of ball patches on it last night uh, a lot of sand on it so the ball can bobble anywhere so when you're trying to play a back pass like that to your keeper it's asking a lot of him because the ball can bobble and go anywhere so the Harrington had to take a second um, to try and clear it he does that but he just hits it off Drynan uh, Conor Drynan the ball loops into the back of the net and it's it, it's two apiece and you're thinking right game on here and it was it was good stuff it was um there was great atmosphere at this point the Ramblers crowd were really getting into the game uh, really urging their side forward and uh, they looked very very threatening and, and then, then yeah, um, Keen Coleman just uh, comes up steps up with a header great to see him back in the starting 11 uh, steps up leads by example towering header at the back post from a Matt Healy corner and City go 3-2 up and that's how it finishes and um, Ramblers deserve tremendous credit Aiden, for the way they, they fought back last night and the way they got themselves back into that game it's been a tough season for them they're at the wrong end of the table they um, got back to winning ways last week but it hasn't been easy for them by any stretch of the imagination but they showed a lot of fight last night we heard from Darren Murphy there he he, he spoke um, quite highly of his team and the way that they performed and the way that they bounced back and they deserve tremendous credit for it and they, they can certainly take a lot of positives from that game going forward there's something a bit bitter as well. I don't know what it is, but a winner with a header from a corner, and for the captain to do it as well, I I just think there's those goals are they're the ones that that really get the crowd going. Yeah, and it was right in front of the city fans as well over the far side. There was uh, I think there was talk of like a, a thousand tickets for for city fans being made available. And it was a huge crowd at St Cones Park um, last night. It was fantastic to see um, such a big crowd down there because um, we haven't seen a crowd like that at uh, St Cones Park in a long while. The official uh, uh, attendance was three thousand nine hundred forty-two last night, and it was fantastic to see. Uh, not um, without instance though, like Cork City fans. Um, setting off a number of flares throwing flares onto the pitch um, which will all result in fines for Cork City which it's it's not ideal obviously Yeah, uh, you prefer City fans didn't do it because it is going to cost the club money and they set off a lot now last night you know you can argue it adds to the atmosphere and it definitely does but it's they're not allowed under the FBI's rules and throwing flares onto the pitch a lot of players spilled out onto the pitch um a lot of fans I should say spilled out onto the pitch and a couple of them went over to the Ramblers fans it was just all pathetic childish stuff and it's something that Cork City could certainly do without and you'd hope that um, it doesn't happen again because those fines will add up and it'll cost the club a lot of money Yeah there was also uh, the news as well during the week that you know there's there's had to be repairs to the shed end I think the seats in the shed end in, in Turner's Cross and obviously Cork City don't own Turner's Cross so they have to pay a fine, fine to fix those seats so it is yeah, something as much as we it's great that there's massive support it's something we probably do need to keep an eye on yeah, it's just brainless stuff. There's no absolutely no need for it. Um, and throwing flares onto the pitch and delaying the game, it's just not a good look for Cork City fans and hopefully um, they'll get a handle on that and that'll be the end of it. I suppose as well, we saw a lot of that last night in the Dublin derby, the, the Shamrock Rovers fans, even though they were threatened with lifetime bans uh, after the Waterford game last season, they didn't seem to take that much into account. There was a lot of flares on the pitch as well. So something in Irish football that probably does need to be looked at a small bit. Yeah, but look, and fines in the FBI are expensive as well. They're, yeah. they're not insignificant fines. Um, but look, it's 
they've always been there they were there back in my days when I was in the shed um, they'll always be there but the fines do add up they cost the club a lot of money that yeah. um, has a big impact on the club's finances uh, and you don't want to, uh, like the problems like this to escalate so hopefully now um, like, it's, it's I suppose they have a better handle on it and turn us across I think than uh, away grounds across the country um, so I can't imagine there'll be much of an issue uh, against Longford Town this weekend yeah, I suppose like another big win for City, like staying on top of the table, um, and obviously still players that have to come back, like Dylan McLeod. Is there any news on whether he's he's going to be back soon or? Well, he was there last night. And he seems to be walking around freely. He's been back uh, in the gym, um, getting his um, his rehab done. Um, I remember we spoke to him a couple of weeks back, and he, he was told June he was saying, "Oh, I'll be back in May." So it'll be interesting to see how quickly he can come back. But with an injury like he had, that a knee ligament issue, um, you can't rush that, obviously. Yeah. So he has to take his time. Uh, and when he comes back, there will certainly be a place uh, in the team for him um, if he can get his plays back. As can, <laughs> I should say because they're playing so well at the moment I mean like 8 wins 2 draws and 1 defeat from 11 games 24 goals scored it's it's fantastic to see and last night was the first time City actually conceded 2 goals all season in a single game they just conceded 3 up until uh, last night and to concede 2 against Cove Ramblers and in the local derby um, I suppose those games do take on a life of their own but um, a big week now for Cork City because as I mentioned Longford Town come to Turners Cross they have 3 games in hand in Cork they're nine points behind um, they could be I, I think they're going to be right up there they are about at the end of the season uh, City three points clear of Galway United who have a game in hand City they'll have a far superior goal difference there um, plus 19 for City plus 8 for, for Galway United and uh, Galway United winning last night a good win for them over Bray Wanderers uh, so they're still there um, it's going to be a fantastic uh, run in by the, the the looks of things because Galway aren't going anywhere and as I mentioned Longford Town coming to turn us across is going to be very very interesting indeed um, Longford playing Treaty United tonight so we'll keep an eye on that one it's a half seven kickoff um, and Force City playing Treaty United as well on Monday week um, so that uh, it's going to be a big weekend for Cork City uh, but that Longford Town game could be crucial a couple of people spoke to me about it last night and said look their dark horses um, and City needs to get a result on Friday night um, City drew nil all up there I think the, uh, close to the start of the season people were saying it was a bad result but that, that doesn't look like the case now because of how well Longford have been performing 17 points from 8 games tells its own story so they're doing very very well indeed uh, but should be a good night at Turners Cross um, should be a great atmosphere down uh, at the Cross uh, should be a good crowd as well because uh, this crowd's been excellent this season and um, they have been performing at home as well um, it's it's absolutely fantastic now it does clash with the Ed Sheeran concert um, so it really doesn't see yeah. any effect on the attendance um, but um, yeah look I can't wait for Friday night and getting back down to the Cross and uh, watching Cork City play, uh, play Longford Certainly every weekend is getting bigger and bigger as the closer we get uh, towards a, a, a title decider, I suppose. Uh, Rory, thanks a million for joining us. Cheers, bye. Yeah, Rory, they're speaking after last night's El Classic Arc uh, win for Cork City 3-2 away to Cove Ramblers. Coming up after the break, um, as I said, we have the two cheerleaders uh, that are over to promote the College Football Classic. And if you want to go to the College Football Classic, you don't have to wait till Friday the 29th of this month for the tickets to go on sale because we have two pairs to give away. And to win them, text or WhatsApp us your name and address to 0868 104 106 
and just tell us who won the Super Bowl in February. I'll be back after this. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Cork's Red FM. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. You're very welcome back to the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM with me, Aidan Leahy, here with you until 7. Don't forget if you missed this show, if you want to catch up on our reaction to the Cork Derby last night, you can get us on redfm.ie under podcasts and also all the other usual podcast platforms as well. And as well as that, as well as that of course, every Thursday uh, for with Joe McCarthy, the Women in Sport podcast, they all go up there. So... Uh, um, as we said before the break, we're giving away tickets to see the College Classic and we're going to hear from some cheerleaders a little bit later on. We're also going to hear from Aaron Hill on the snooker. Um, we'll also get a, a preview of Punchestown and we'll hear from Greg McWilliams, the Irish women's rugby head coach. Into the 70th minute at Wexford Park and there's a goal in it and how Wexford will rue that penalty miss from Mark Fanning. It's Wexford 21 points. Dublin 24 and Lee Chin has a chance to close the gap for Wexford here with a free just outside the 21 and he strikes it straight between the posts so it's 24 points to 22 in Dublin's favour um, Kilkenny uh, beating Lee or at the moment they are beating Leash 122 to 7 points at Nolan Park earlier Cavan progressed to the semi-finals of the Ulster Senior Football Championship they beat Antrim 120 to 10 points later on it's All-Ireland Champions against the League Champions in the Munster Senior Hurling Championship Kyle Hayes misses his first ever Championship game for Limerick they welcome Waterford to the Gaelic Grounds at 7 Waterford have named Austin Gleeson and Jamie Barn among the substitutes um, just trying to see elsewhere there was another uh, championship game yes Galway and Westmeath um, and that is Galway 221 Westmeath 5 points uh, URC Tabletoppers Leinster take on the Sharks um, Leinster were leading 10-7 at the top of the hour uh, in boxing a record crowd of 94,000 will be at Wembley this evening for one of the biggest boxing fights in history Tyson Fury puts his WBC heavyweight title on the line when he faces Dylan White uh, Fury says it's it's his last bout before retirement so uh, an end of an era there uh, looking at golf and uh, a really high scoring tournament at the moment and it's English duo Callum Tarrin and David Skins who've joined Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantley in the lead of the Zurich Classic in New Orleans uh, the teams are level on 17 under par uh, they're one shot clear of the lead uh, Ryder Cup teammates Shane Lowry and Ian Poulter are one under par after four today 12 under for the tournament so doing quite well there and as said we'll uh, we'll get into a bit of snooker and uh, F1 a little bit later but uh, yeah if you want to get in with a chance of winning those two tickets to the College Classic uh, all you have to do is text or WhatsApp us with your name and address to 0868104106 and tell us who won the Super Bowl in February um, and that is August the 27th at the Aviva Stadium the Northwestern University Wildcats take on University of Nebraska Cornhuskers and it'll be the first time they've played in Ireland tickets go on sale Friday the 29th um, I spoke to two cheerleaders uh, here's Cole Sice of Northwestern and Jake Junt of Nebraska and they were in Ireland this weekend to promote the event 
Alright, delighted to say that I'm joined by two cheerleaders from the Northwestern Wildcats and also the Nebraska Cornhuskers ahead of the Aer Lingus College Football Classic which takes place on Saturday the 27th of August 2022 of course this year at the Aviva Stadium. Uh, the tickets for this go on sale Friday the 29th of April at 10am and uh, to, to drum up a bit of excitement this weekend uh, two groups of cheerleaders have come over to Ireland and delighted to say that I'm joined by Cole Size of Northwestern and Jake Jund of Nebraska. Uh, guys, I suppose I'll come to Cole first. Um, it must be very exciting that you get to do all of these sort of things and go to different countries and come to Ireland to train and uh, I suppose spread the word about college football. Yeah, I love it. This is my first time in Ireland and it's been such an exciting experience and we're really excited to bring college football to Ireland because from what I've heard, it's not a huge thing over here and obviously it's really big in America. So we're just really excited to spread that hype over here. Yeah, absolutely. I think the NFL has grown in, in massive popularity in the last couple of years. Um, tell me, Nebraska, it's, it's one of the most successful uh, college football teams in history? Yes, we've, uh, we've won five championships um, six conference championships, um, 382 consecutive sellouts in our stadium. And our, right now our stadium holds up to 90,000 people. And Northwestern then, I suppose, tell me a bit of the history about Northwestern. Um, so Northwestern football does not have quite many titles as Nebraska, um, but we have definitely um, won a lot of games. I am not as well read as Jake on how many on the numbers, but Northwestern football is an awesome program. Um, and all of my friends who are players really love it. Um, and we're really excited for the fall, the coming season. Excuse me. I, I know a small bit about college football. I've watched a bit and I have to say that the crowds that come to watch these games are unbelievable. Uh, you've, you sell out hundred thousand seater stadiums regularly in college football. Absolutely. Um, the whole culture surrounding college football um, on game days it, it sometimes it starts at seven in the morning and and doesn't stop until two or three o'clock in the morning the next day it's it's incredible the the campuses and the cities where these games are played dang near shut down just for that game it's all about the football game I suppose it, like it, there's not too many that that it, it's an elite group that end up uh, either on the field or on the sideline as a cheerleader so it's it's a really privileged position I imagine yeah, I would definitely say so. I consider myself really thankful to be here, and we definitely are putting in the work to do it. Yeah, it's it's some of the best seats in the house, being able to be field side um, and watch the game right up front. It's amazing. I suppose, tell me then, what exactly is your role? What's uh, What do you go out there and aim to do on a, ma- on a match day? Um, so our goal is to is to get the fans going crazy to support our team. Our goal is to get the fans loud and excited um, and just kind of elevate the atmosphere to um, basically increase morale so the team has someone to fall back on uh, for the game. No, I can barely do a waltz at a wedding. Uh, I'm not a great dancer, and uh, like the the, stu- the stuff you pull off is, is pretty, pretty cool. Um, it must take a lot of work and a lot of dedication. Yeah, we definitely go through training. Tryouts are in the spring before the season starts, and then we work out through the summer. We go to summer camps to make sure that our skills are up to par. 
Um, and we really, you know, work as hard as we can between three and six days a week, depending on the week during the season to kind of keep those skills up and really continue to progress. Would there be as much rivalry almost between the two sets of cheerleaders as there would the two teams on the pitch? You know, mo- most of the time uh, we are so excited to be traveling anywhere and whatnot. We try to be as cordial with each other as possible, but um, I'm not going to say that we don't crack jokes towards each other and um, have a good laugh every once in a while. I suppose then you must be looking forward to coming back to Ireland in August um, whether you're coming yourself I suppose but even just the, the team itself and everyone that's going to come over um, like uh, do you think uh, obviously there, there'll there be a massive uh, travelling crowd as well but uh, will it will it take a bit more to almost get some of those those Irish fans on side and to, I suppose wow them into supporting the team well I, I know college football pro- programs normally travel sometimes tens of thousands of people to their travel games. Um, so I would hope that we could expect um, quite thousands of people coming from the States over Christmas game. I know a lot of people are excited. A lot of my friends are excited. And um, I'm graduating, so I won't be a part of the team, but I, I already plan on coming over as a spectator, I'll tell you that. This weekend, then, uh, what's the plan? Uh, I suppose you're, you're, you're making up so for, for time you're going to lose come August. So uh, you must be enjoying this weekend. What's, what's the plan? Um, we've been going around doing a bunch of different media stuff, um, and we're actually driving from Dublin to Belfast this afternoon, so really excited about that. And is it a case of trying to almost encourage younger people to, to take an interest, to, not just in football, but actually in cheerleading as well? Yeah, we really, um, obviously from what we've heard, it's just not really a thing over here, and so we're really trying to get people excited for the game. and. I personally am trying to get as many people as I can to be cheering for Northwestern at the game. So, I'm, and I'm doing the same, trying to get support for Nebraska. Just looking at the game itself, come August, like the teams, I suppose, will be very different to the teams that are currently playing. Um, but what will we expect? Um, and uh, will we see any future NFL stars on the pitch? You know, um, come come NFL draft day, it, it, it's kind of luck of the draw, but. Both both programs have some very good athletes, some very impressive athletes. So, really, anything could happen. But it wouldn't surprise me if you see some of those players end up in the NFL. Are there any uh, f- like flagship players from either uh, university that we would know of? Um, I know um, a couple of our quarterbacks are are looking pretty good, but um, it's it's really going to be interesting to see uh, who shows up next year and who, who are the stars. All right, guys, listen, it's been great to talk to you. Hope you enjoy your stay here in Ireland. I know it's pretty much a flying visit. You're only here for about 48 hours. So I really appreciate it, uh, you for taking time to talk to me. And uh, like we said, uh, the tickets for the game go on sale on Friday the 29th. And uh, we're going to be giving away two pairs of tickets as well here on Red FM on the Big Red Bench. Uh, Cole and Jake, thanks a million for speaking with us. Thanks so much. Thanks. Yeah, the guys there uh, from uh, the College Football Classic and... Uh, yeah, as I said, text or WhatsApp us your name, address and answer to 0868-104-106 who won the Super Bowl to win a pair of tickets to see that. 
Um, now uh, Bayern Munich are on course for a 10th Bundesliga title they're currently beating Dortmund 2-0 um, at the uh, Allianz Arena um, I actually think Dortmund are after winning the penalty so maybe some drama to come there but 10 titles in a row uh, yeah bit of a one-sided league and it's probably the best Dortmund team for a good while as well but they just never seem to find that consistency um, it's all over at Wexford Park um, and uh, it's Dublin who have taken the spoils from that one um, 24 points to 23 was in the end it was quite close um, Kilkenny beating Leash 124 to 8 points 52 minutes gone in half time Galway 225 Westmeath 8 points uh, now we touched on a small bit earlier but Manchester United have a new manager in case you didn't hear Eric Ten Hag will take over at the end of this season um, obviously he's a very exciting manager uh, People keep saying a young manager, but he's actually 52, so he's not that young in the grand scheme of things. He's quite a big CV. Um, obviously, he's been at Ajax for four years. I think they're on course to win a third, um, the third Eredivisie this year. And it would have been four in a row, but, but for the pandemic, they actually didn't uh, classify a winner of the first year of, of the pandemic, let's say the tw- 2019, well, yeah, 2021 season. I can't even remember when the pandemic started. Uh, 2019-2020, I suppose. Uh, but yeah and I'm quite excited as a United fan uh, I think he's going to bring a, a good style obviously he's kind of the mould of, of Pep Guardiola uh, so look we, we've been through this before maybe with Van Hal a small bit so uh, we have to temper our expectations slightly um, but look it can't be worse than, than what's going on at the moment because it's it's pretty bad um, <laughs> on to F1 uh, the sprint race first of the year took took place today and Max Verstappen is actually very exciting Max Verstappen uh, was uh, on pole let's say if the sprint race was not really pole position but he is on pole position now he was he was passed out at the start by Charles Leclerc and uh, he got Leclerc back in the last couple of laps so really exciting one there uh, and racing at Imola is always exciting um, I think it's for Stappen, Leclerc, Perez and Sainz on the uh, the first two rows so that should be a good one tomorrow uh, in rugby Munster had a, a big win last night away to Ulster their first win at Kingspan since 20 2016. Obviously, Munster have had their own Ed Sheeran dramas uh, recently. They're going to be playing to lose in the Champions Cup at the Aviva. Um, obviously, uh, the now, in fairness uh, to this one, the, the the quarterfinals are usually gone. They're usually over by now. They're usually on in April, so that's probably why they didn't expect. Uh, that the stadium would be needed, uh, but look, uh, they're going well. It's 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 considering two or three weeks ago after the Leinster game was so deflating. Uh, it's it's good to, to see they've picked it back up now and are on a good run of form. And uh, finally, some some bit of news and some definitive news on the Parky Rin or nowhere debacle. Kerry G A have come out and said we will play in Parky Rin. We have no problem playing in Parky Rin. Um, so it's up to Munster Council now to just give in and say look game's on a park you're in Cork and Kerry want to play there so uh, finally uh, something uh, to go off but also I think Kerry GA they were clever they said it in their statements I think Kerry are trying to look a bit stronger because obviously this is the second year in a row Kerry have had to accommodate another team obviously Tyrone last year with the whole Covid debacle Um, but they've pretty much said we'll uh, resume the home and away deal next year 
but never again is there to be a game in the Munster Championship not in Killarney or in Porky Cueve so they're pretty definitive of that so the only time Kerry uh, will play Cork anywhere else is probably Croke Park if they meet there uh, so uh, yeah that's that chapter closed you'd imagine the 7th of May and uh, hopefully we get a bit of action because it was looking like we'd have no game at all to go to. On to the snooker now. Aaron Hill and Sean Murphy will play an exhibition in Cork on the 4th of May in aid of Glen Rovers GA Club. Um, obviously the World Championships are on at the moment in the Crucible. Ronnie O'Sullivan and Mark Williams both flying at the moment there into the quarterfinals respectively. Ronnie thrashed Antrim's uh, Mark Allen uh, 13 frames to 4 earlier he literally came out to play one frame I think in today's session uh, and beat him so um, yeah I spoke to Aaron about the championships uh, what's next for him as well um, uh, he's uh, going to defend his pro card in May so we spoke a bit about that Delighted to say that I'm joined on the line by Cork's own professional snooker player, Aaron Hill. Aaron, thanks a million for joining us at the Big Red Bench. No bother, my pleasure. It's a, it's a joy to be on here. You were just saying there, you're on a, a couple of weeks break, I suppose. Uh, the the last couple of years have been such a, I suppose, a, a whirlwind and uh, they've been so topsy-turvy. It must be nice to just have a couple of weeks now to yourself to just relax a bit, I suppose. Yeah, it's, uh, it's always nice to come home and just wind down a bit. Um the the good few the good few weeks break now is after kind of doing me good spending time with family and uh, just taking my mind off the snooker side of things um, and uh, we go again now in a couple of weeks yeah you were in in the UK I suppose a couple of weeks ago for the World Championship qualifiers and unfortunately not not to be this year but it's ridiculously difficult to get through those qualifiers isn't it yeah look every game every game is tough on uh, the snooker tour but um, you just have to look at all of them as uh, learning process um, I'm only at the start of my apprenticeship um, I'm only 20 years of age so I believe there's a long road ahead for me in this game so I just take every take every last bit of pinch of salt and look at it as a learning process and learn from it Do you feel like now you you were saying there it's a chance to reset park that last couple of years now and just like go into a totally fresh campaign Yeah well that's the plan anyway the to take everything on board that I've learned and the experience I've gained the last two years and I, it'll definitely stand to me um, in the future and hopefully it'll stand to me in the next campaign now as well so yeah I'm just uh, I got back to the practice table now this week and looking forward to what's ahead now I suppose just looking quickly at the world itself um, Ronnie O'Sullivan world number one going into it at the age of 46 that kind of came out of nowhere a small bit and of course he's always going to be a contender uh, Mark Williams as well he's been absolutely uh, flying so far this week um, he's comfortably into the quarterfinals who else do you think is going to be a major contender and uh, I suppose ultimately tell us tell us who you think is going to go all the way this year Um I was on. It's funny enough. I was on an interview this time uh, last year as well, before before the world started. And I said to the guy I was speaking to, I said, "If I don't win this, Mark Selby will win it." And he he did. So I'm out this year now. So I'm going to go with uh, Kyron Wilson. I think um, he's due one of the big ones, and he's he's a major contender in any long matches like this. Um, this tournament kind of suits his uh, his game and his personality. So, yeah, if I was uh, if I was a punter, I'd be having Kyron uh, Wilson. Yeah, I suppose he's made a good few semi-finals and a final as well over the last couple of years. Yeah, he has a good record at the Crucible. I think um, I don't quote me, but I think 
they said the other day it's his eighth uh, quarterfinal appearance in a row or something like that. But yeah, um, he always he always does well at the crucible. It's very rare he doesn't get through his first game, and when he does get through his first game, then it's kind of uh, the tournament kind of starts from there. Then in the the top boys' eyes, so yeah, I think uh, the next game will be big for him if he can get through that and get closer to the one table setup. I believe he'll be uh, a real danger there, but it's so it's so hard to call. Everyone is with a chance. Um, I believe the same with Neil Robertson. If he can get to the one table setup, he'll be a tough cookie to beat. Um, Williams, he seems to be the man in the man at the moment, and sure, the Rockets. You can never count him out either. And John Higgins, look, it's it's so hard to call, but. I, I'm going to go with Connor Wilson. I think he's due one. Absolutely. I will keep an eye on that. Um, looking here then at home, you've a big exhibition coming up with uh, Glen Rovers GA Club. Uh, Sean Murphy as well, of course, coming down. And uh, you're, you're teaming up with Patrick Horgan, I believe. Is Hoggy handy with a cue? I, I, ble- I believe he's handy, all right, yeah. Uh, no, that's going to be a great night. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it's always good to play in exhibitions. It always draws a good crowd and... It's always a good night, a uh, good night snooker as well. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to knowing him. Look, I hope, uh, I hope a lot of people will be there, and they, they, uh, we won't disappoint if, uh, if we get the turnout. I suppose it must be quite special to to do something like that in front of a home crowd as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's the first. Um, it's not the first time, but it's the first time in a long time um, snooker has been to the north side of Cork, like did this type of uh, an event. So. Yeah, it'd be great for uh, the people of Northside of Cork and everywhere in Cork, really, for uh, to see live snooker um, on the night. Absolutely. Um, and then, of course, you mentioned new season coming up. What's uh, where, where does it all start for you? Um, I suppose what's your your plan over the next couple of months, and and uh, what's the first big outing for you? I've um, I've a big one now. Um, the sixteenth of May to to defend my pro card to get it back really so yeah I've um, looking forward to that now so I'll uh, be putting a lot of practice into that to try to get it back Absolutely well it's uh, certainly going to be an exciting day uh, with, with Glen Rovers anyway I think it's the 4th of May isn't it? 4th of May yeah um, I think it's next next Wednesday coming week so yeah the 4th of May Wednesday night Absolutely that'll be a big one and of course as you said a, a big couple of weeks coming up for you after then Aaron we wish you the best of luck with all of that and uh, we'll talk to you again soon on the Big Red Bench Thanks thanks very much Ed and appreciate you having me Aaron Hill there speaking about uh, the Snooker World Championships and of course his own game at the moment the 2022 Bunchestown Festival uh, is eagerly awaited for as the first for the first time in three years crowds once again pack the race course enclosures Dave Keena has this preview the 2022 Punchestown Festival gets underway on Tuesday and for the first time since 2019, the public will be there in force and as many as 150,000 people could be there over the course of the five days. Honey Suckle and Rachel Blackmore will be a huge draw when she lines up in Friday's Paddy Power Champion Hurdle and her trainer, Henry de Bromhead, reports her to be in great shape and he fully acknowledges now that she has become the people's horse. The support we get with her and the support she gets is incredible and she is such 
such a following now and it's brilliant to see it you know and and it was great I just yeah I was delighted she got that roar that she got at Cheltenham you know and also the reception she got at Hatton's Grace the reception in the Irish Champion Hurdle was incredible as well but it was lovely to see her get the the roar at Cheltenham also she's been great not a bother on her Uh, she's tough out she's so hardy and she seems in really good form she looks great and we're happy De Bram had plans to run most of his big name horses next week which includes Manila Indo runner up in the Gold Cup at Cheltenham and he looks likely to take his chance in what could be a vintage renewal of the Ladbrokes Punchestown Gold Cup on Wednesday seems in great form everyone seems happy with him yeah so uh, he's in good form and uh, look forward to getting him there the first day in Down Royal he wasn't he wasn't fit enough basically and then um, obviously I, I got everything completely wrong in Kempton and uh, and sure then he's been pretty good since then you know Punchestown has been very good to Willie Mullins and he plans to run a huge team of horses there next week Alaho and Album Photo could lock horns with last year's winner Clandless Obo who's part owned by Sir Alex Ferguson in Wednesday's Gold Cup Mullins is hopeful that Alaho will be every bit as effective over the three mile trip as he was when a hugely impressive winner of the Ryanair chase over two miles and five at last month's Cheltenham Festival Yeah he's very good over that trip I think he'll he could stay the three miles of the Pontestown race. Uh, you know, if Energamine or uh, Shackenpurst Wall weren't in the two-mile race, I'd love to go back someday over two miles with him. But um, he has that sort of ability. But the way that the race is setting up this year, I think we'll go for the three-mile with him. You know, I imagine Henry de Bromhead might have a say in that race too. So I don't know what he runs in it, but um, he's got the top staying chasers around as well. Willie Mullins plans to run both Energiemen and Shaken Persois in Tuesday's William Hill Champion Chase. Energiemen, a recent winner of the Champion Chase at the Cheltenham Festival, is the current market leader. But Mullins says that Shaken Persois has a terrific record around Punchestown and he's bidding for his third Grade 1 success at that venue. Yeah, I think so. Uh, he likes the track. He put up a great performance there last year. It might be his advantage if this dry weather stays going. It might be advantage for Shaken Persois. You know, I always have great faith than him. He likes the place. You know, we give him a nice break from Cheltenham, so he'll, he'll go there hopefully right. But he's older now, and, you know, he mightn't just be at his best. But Energamine is obviously the one to beat on the day. I imagine Paul won't desert Energamine. Shona Draper plays a huge part behind the scenes at Punchestown, and she's been delighted with the pre-sales activity for next week's festival. Yeah, our pre-sales are really strong. Now, I suppose we kind of prided ourselves in that we were one of the first tracks to go digital and do e-tickets and everything. But I think also there's a cultural change and people booking online a lot more now and being organised and pre-booking and everything so maybe that has contributed to the shift but our pre-sales are well ahead of where they would have been at this stage Um, I suppose the convenience of e-tickets as well or contactless and people are more tech savvy now as well as a result of various uh, restrictions and you know protocols during Covid. So what we like to say is that this is an event, it's more than a race meeting, it's an event. We celebrate the racing here but there's so much more, it's all the great stuff about Ireland it's the crack, it's the music, food, shopping, style, kids' entertainment. We just cannot wait for everyone to gather and enjoy being back together and celebrating the good times. 
For Richie Galway, the recent spell of good weather has presented its own challenges, but he plans to present fresh racing ground for each day next week. We have uh, seven or eight yards of fresh ground on the hurdle track each day at a festival, and we have really two separate chase tracks. We have one entire move. Some of the uh, fences move completely by the width of themselves through the week of the festival, and we'll just then play it by ear on the chase track depending on conditions that present themselves next week. It's, um, it's a phenomenal racetrack. It's obviously a huge undertaking. There's over 150 acres of ground that's treated and prepped as racecourse throughout the year. So that's, that's uh, maintained 12 months of the year. Would have you to be ready for the festival. Paul Townend will be crowned champion jockey for the fifth time next week and he heads into next week's festival with an enviable book of rides. And despite losing a good bit of time due to injury this season, trying to retain his jockey's title has been an ambition since the season got underway last May. I suppose it is. When you're riding for William Mullins, you're probably expected to be champion jockey. I uh, wasn't sure it was going to happen this year when we missed so much time through injury. Yeah, hopefully we can get over the line now we've gone this far. Good Christmas, very good Dublin racing festival plenty of winners in Cheltenham and hopefully we can add to it in, in Punchestown so, so I think overall it's been a success so far and hopefully it can, it can last another week Yeah preview there of the Punchestown festival which is coming up uh, next week let's see who's going to the college football classic of course the answer was the LA Rams they won the Super Bowl in February and I can tell you that winner number one is Breda Keane of Riverstick and the second winner is Cahal O'Regan of Ballincollig. So congrats to them and uh, we'll get in touch with all the details there. Uh, finally, to round out the show, Ireland face England tomorrow in the TikTok Women's Six Nations. Here's head coach Greg McWilliams on how preparations have gone so far. It's been good. We had a, we had a day camp on uh, we had a day camp on Saturday that went well. Uh, obviously, the new girls came in. Uh, we trained against Barnhall under twenty side, who were actually good side, big people by the way. But uh, we did some unit work against them. And we did some team defence and attack against them. Like I always talk about, like it's kind of like I always dream of the, of the bigger picture where you want to be known for the rugby you play, not the results that you get. And it's it's absolutely not defeat us in any way. Um, we do have a massive challenge. We are going to be missing, you know, ten players that would more than likely be in your starting twenty three. But in these big times, you get a chance to see like the rest of your squad, and it's a chance for us to test the wider group. A lot of people have been patiently waiting. A lot of people probably feel like they should have got an opportunity before now. And you prepare them as best you can. You you have a plan that's very simple, um, like you do at any game, and you hope that the players are to integrate into that plan and you give them as much uh, I suppose exposure as you can to that plan between um, you know last weekend and, and into the game on Sunday look we don't have a huge amount of prep time we're playing against a team of professionals but you know uh, we're still going out there believing in what we're going to do and hopefully we can stick to it I think England are are the best uh, team in the world right now by by some distance I think they're, they're um, they'd be ahead of France in my opinion by some distance they'd be ahead of any of the Southern Hemisphere sides I think every game we've gone into we've learnt a lot like I'd love to play Wales again after week one because we learned so much particularly in the last 20 about I suppose the structured game that uh, we'd spent a lot of time on our own structured work and 
Um, obviously, I felt we'd made inroads around our set piece uh, from France to to Italy. But look, I'm, it's funny because like Italy's set piece, we're able to compete against France week one. But that doesn't necessarily mean that Italy's set piece was anyway stronger or less strong. It goes game to game. But I just know from an Irish point of view, focusing on ourselves, that the players feel like they can see the clear plan around what we're trying to do, particularly around the scrum, the line out. And um, you just have to keep repping it, keep giving them as many opportunities as you can to work in their profiling, their setup. So we, we worked on that the weekend again, did a lot of work around our scrum. Yeah, Greg McWilliams there ahead of their game in the TikTok Six Nations tomorrow against England. That is it. We are out of time. Stevie G is on the way next. The Big Red Bench.